This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Josh, and today's game will be pitting the team of Benchwarmer Eric and newcomer Corey Pavlich and Benchwarmer Mason and newcomer Joe O'Brien. Uh, so welcome to the bench, Corey and Joe. Corey, why don't you take a minute to let us know where you're from, what teams you root for, and anything else you'd like to share. I'm uh, Corey Pavlich from Duluth, Minnesota, and uh, obviously a Vikings Twins fan. Twins aren't doing very good for us, but it is what it is. All right. Well, welcome. And Joe, uh, it's your turn to let us know uh, where you're from, what uh, teams you're for, and anything else you'd like to share. Yeah. Hi. Um, my name is Joe O'Brien. Uh, I'm a born and raised Bostonian. I've uh, been living in Northern California for the last 22 years, I think it is. Uh, but when it comes to sports, still a fan of all things Boston. Uh, when I have the time to pay attention to the Premier League, I root for Arsenal. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, really happy to be on the show and have this diversion, considering that with the Celtics being eliminated and the Red Sox basically being eliminated after 10 days, <laughs> uh, I haven't had much to, to divert myself. So really happy to be on the show. Looking forward to a fun game. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you guys. Uh, Eric, how are you doing? And uh, let us know what your and Corey's team name is going to be today. So I have a dilemma currently. Um, I'm trying to buy a TV and my wife told me I can only spend like $500 on a TV. So it's either a divorce or I don't know. I don't know what the options are um, or I just buy the TV and tell her it costs $500. i am not sure what I'm doing yet. Um, but anyway, um, Corey and I, uh, we're around roughly the same age. Um, his name's Corey. So the first thing came to my mind when I hear the name Corey is Boy Meets World. So our team name today is going to be I Miss Mr. Feeney. All right. I miss Mr. Feeney. Probably messed that one up a few times, but that's all right. And Mason, how you doing? And let us know what your and Joe's team name is going to be. Uh, I'm doing well. Been casually keeping up with the postseason for MLB. So I'm glad my Braves are still in it, even though I really haven't been paying too much attention to them this year. And so our team name is inspired by the fact that um, we're the only two people on this recording not wearing hats. And so as a tribute to uh, a great 80s band, we went with Men Without Hats. So we've got I Miss Mr. Feeney versus Men Without Hats. Is Mr. Feeney still alive? I think so. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> quick, quick research. Sorry. Yeah, he is. We'll be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true bench warmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. And it is now time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions worth 10 points each. Today's tailgate has a theme, drafted in two different sports. I will give you the draft year and the two teams that selected the player. 
each of these players did play for one of these teams. You simply need to name them. Question one, 1981 San Diego Clippers and San Diego Padres. All right, Corey, we're going to check that in. I miss Mr. Feeney is checked in. So, men without hats, you guys can talk it out. Uh, I don't know how much there is to talk about. Throw Tony Gwynn right away, and we haven't really gotten very far beyond that. Gwynn's definitely the right time. I have no idea if he was a good basketball player or not. Yeah, I just I don't know if he played basketball. Maybe he didn't, and they just decided to take a flyer on him at the end. Because, I, I mean, they had more rounds than they do now. So A lot of rounds back then. Yes, they could have like a, a last pick, like, hey, let's go see if Tony Gwynn wants to play for us. I like, I like the line of thinking, you know, local athlete. Um, let's, let's go with Gwynn. Okay, uh, we're going to go ahead and check in with Tony Gwynn. Men Without Hats is checking in with Tony Gwynn, and I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys got? So Corey threw out to me Dave Winfield, which I know he was drafted in multiple sports, but then I think that was just too, 81 was too late for him. Padres immediately put us at, at uh, Tony Gwynn, so that's our answer. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Tony Gwynn. Uh, the Clippers selected Gwynn in the 10th round of the NBA draft in 1981. So, yeah, back when they apparently could just draft a whole slew of players. Nice logic, Mason. All right, moving on to question two. 1994, New York Knicks and New York Yankees. No, I like yours. I think we can check that in. All right, so you guys checked in? We are. Yep. All right, men without hats is checked in, so I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. Is that what you're thinking? Only guy I came up with was Charlie Ward, but I don't remember. I knew he played football. I knew he played basketball. I don't remember him playing baseball. What about Alan Houston? Is that the same time? Yeah, but I don't think he was a baseball player either. No. And I know 94 is about the time that Charlie Ward was drafted by the Knicks. Yeah, that's a Heisman. He won Heisman right around there. Yeah. So... I think I don't think I'm gonna get a better name that's gonna pull me off of him. I yeah, right when he said '94 and Knicks. Yeah, I think it's Charlie Ward. All right, let's let's go with uh Charlie Ward. Time is Mr. Feeney's checking in with Charlie Ward and Men Without Hats. What do you guys got? Um, so we actually had kind of a similar discussion. Um, he threw out Bernie Williams and Allen Houston. I thought like Knicks in '94 clicked with Charlie Ward, and we basically had the same discussion. We didn't know if he played baseball. Maybe he did, or they took a flyer similar to Tony Gwynn, the last one. Um, so we also checked in with Charlie Ward. Once again, both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Charlie Ward. Uh, the Yankees selected Ward in the 18th round of the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, he went undrafted in the NFL draft. So I couldn't have an NFL team in because he didn't get picked. Heisman Award winner, and he got picked in baseball instead of football. Yeah, I think probably most football teams knew that Basketball was more where his career was headed anyway. Yeah, that's true. All right, moving on to question three. 2014, Cleveland Browns and San Diego Padres. You want to go ahead and check it in? Yeah, we'll check in. All right, Men Without Hats is checked in. I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. Mayfield wasn't wasn't 2014. Um, It's got to be. Does it have to be the same year for both sports? It was the same year. I specifically picked people who were drafted in the same year in both of their sports. Okay. Because obviously there's a bunch who've been drafted in multiple, but in offsetting years. So if we're going 2014, then it's either Gilbert or Manziel. So Manziel makes more sense. I 
think so. I like it. I like it too. I think we're good with it. Yep. All right, we're gonna go with Johnny Manziel. I miss Mr. Feeney's checking in with Johnny Manziel and Men Without Hats. How about you guys? First thing for 2014 Browns that came to my head was Johnny Manziel. And I vaguely remember him playing baseball either in high school or maybe he did for like part of a year in college. I don't remember that part. Um, but we also checked in with Johnny Manziel. The correct answer is Johnny Manziel. The Padres selected him in the 28th round of the Major League Baseball draft. So an interesting one I came across. In 1984, Carl Lewis was drafted by the Chicago Bulls in the 10th round and by the Dallas Cowboys in the 12th round. He obviously didn't play for either league. Heard the part about the Bulls. I didn't know he got drafted in the NFL, too. He did. I, I knew none of that until, uh, until I was looking up these uh, different athletes drafted in multiple. Wide out in the 80s. He would have gotten crushed. <laughs> So heading into the first quarter, we have a score of 30 to 30. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmerstp. Thanks. So today's first quarter will be pre- and post-game. Pre- and post-game. For this quarter, there will be five before- and after-style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question one. What five-time NBA champion coached the Los Angeles Sparks to back-to-back WNBA championships and is college football's career leader in receiving yards across all divisions with 6,464 yards. We'll check in, Josh. All right, Men Without Hats has checked in, so I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. Cooper Cup, then? Yeah, I mean, it wor- Cooper works. It's the last name with the first name. Who's it? I- um, Cynthia Cooper? No, it's a, it's, it's a guy. I don't know his first name, though. He's in the Lakers, and they and he's basically a Laker. I think his whole career. I don't know. Pick pick a. It's 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 a common first name. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> um, I say I say just to keep on theme with our team name. I say we uh, go with Mister Cooper Cup. Hanging with Mister Cooper Cup. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got. I don't. I'm not. I mean, I we can roll the dice on a first name, but it's Jim, Joe, Bill, Dave. Phil, Mike, yeah, I Dave. Dave works. That's fine with me. Yeah, I feel like I know a Dave Cooper. So let's go with it. Let's go with Dave Cooper Cup. I miss Mister Feeney's checking in with Dave Cooper Cup and Men Without Hats. What do you guys got? Well, uh, Mason, I'm going to take this one if you don't mind because I hated playing this guy in the finals as a Celtics fan. His defense was always insane. His name is Michael Cooper, so it, we believe it's Michael Cooper Cup. One team will be receiving points. The correct answer is Michael Cooper Cup. Uh, Michael was NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 1987. 
and he also coached the Albuquerque Thunderbirds to an NBA G League title in 2006. Uh, Cup set this record while playing at Eastern Washington from 2013 to 2016. Moving on to question two. What winner of the 2020 U.S. Open was drafted by the Miami Heat in the 2011 NBA draft with the 31st overall pick, but never played for them? Oh, is that it, Corey? Yeah. He did win that? Okay, I was, all right. Going for it. So then it's, um, hold on, I'm not sure. I'll just, that works, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're sure about the golf, I hate to say golf, sorry. If you're sure about the, you know, the horse that we're talking about. Um, the tennis player? Yeah, the, the U.S. Open of horse racing. They say we can check in. I miss Mr. Feeney's checked in, so men without hats, you guys can talk it out. Not much to say. Uh, I wrote it down to golf for us on the U.S. Open, but unfortunately, I don't know who won the 2020 U.S. Open in golf. I guess I- I watched part of it. I want to say I watched like the last couple of rounds. I don't remember who won it. It was some guy that doesn't normally win, but I don't, it, it was, I think it was someone that won their first, but I, I don't remember. Oh, 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 oh. I can picture him in my head now. He's an American. I want to say his first name begins with a D. A D? I, don't ask me why I'm saying that. It's just what first thing that bubbled up to the top. First name starts with D. Gabe, Gabe. Daniel. Oh, uh, yeah. Did he have a French sounding name? Uh, he had a fairly long last name. Now that I'm thinking about it, I know who you're talking about. And this is there's a guy with a, like a French, a long French last name. And I know who you're talking about. I'm even if we get that, I don't know if that's gonna help us get the traffic. Well, I mean, if we get the last name, we've at least got a shot at tying together. It's, you know, he said didn't play with the team, so that leads me to believe this person did play in the league. So it's not right. a complete unknown. All we know is that he was drafted in the second round and didn't play for the Heat. I don't think we're going to be able to get this because we, we can't even get either end. Once I hear this name, I'll be like, yep, that, I, can, I can see him. And I'm, everything he said about his name is right, and I just don't know the name. The tap, or you want to make something up? Rory McIlroy Hibbert. Matter of the is checking in with Rory McIlroy Hibbert. And I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys got? Rory, you came up with the first part there. Bryson DeChambeau, John Bogdanovich. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Bryson DeChambeau, John Bogdanovich. Bryson is renowned for his analytical approach to golf and has acquired the nickname The Scientist. And Bogdanovich was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves and then again to the New Jersey Nets on draft night. Often that first pick in the second round usually gets foreign player drafted who isn't going to come to the league for a few years so I thought maybe that would help you get to that point but since you didn't have the DeChambeau to at least start thinking about maybe foreign players that's first name started with Bo you weren't gonna get there so Boban Marjanovic is another Bo there's a lot of foreign players there's a Bogdan Bogdanovic as well (laughs) so even if we got that I don't know if we would have been able to get the second part no, I don't know. I mean, are we sure he doesn't go by Brian DeChambeau? <laughs> <laughs> Question three. What American television sports journalist who is best known for hosting ABC's Wide World of Sports was also the hard-to-impress member of the Fierce Five at the London Olympics? We'll check in. Okay, Men Without Hats has checked in, so I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. Michaela Maroney. 
Yeah, who who would be the wide world of sports announcer? Was it from like the eighties, seventies, forties, thirties? Yeah, I'm not sure. Anybody with the last name McKay? That's the only name I could think of that would go with Michaela. Yeah. But then it'd be again the same thing coming up with somebody's first name again. Bombeck's pulling out the big guns for these questions. All right. I didn't I didn't think this one was that difficult. You know I don't go pre Vietnam War. I don't know. <laughs> You might have been during the Vietnam War, honestly. <laughs> oh, then I should know it. All right, hold on. <laughs> My dad was in the Vietnam War, but we used his name before. So John, James, Joe. Pick a J name if it's Vietnam. It's got to be John, John McKay. Is it something newer, though? Could it be like Adam McKay or something? Adam McKay Maroney? I don't know who. He's a writer. Is he? I mean, wide world of sports, when I hear that, I think of old, old stuff, like 60s, 70s. So, but if you, if Adam makes sense to you, then, I mean, I'm not going to come up with something. That works. All right, we're going to go with Adam Michaela Maroney. Hey, I miss Mr. Feeney's checking with Adam Michaela Maroney. Men without hats, what do you guys have? Um, well, I knew the second part because it was a famous meme that was going around. She was not impressed. And that's Michaela Maroney. And I knew the guy something mckay and uh you guys almost stumbled your way into a correct answer if you had picked one of those j names because his name is jim mckay so we checked in with jim michaela maroney once again one team will be getting points the correct answer is jim michaela maroney so jim hosted wide world of sports from 1961 to 1986 so the whole stretch of the vietnam war yes he was hosting And besides winning a team gold at the 2012 Olympics, Maroney won a silver medal on the vault. And that was when she got that famous picture of her looking not impressed. All right, question four. What three-time winner of the Daytona 500 is the only female track and field athlete to ever win six Olympic gold medals? Josh, we're going to check in. All right, I miss Mr. Feeney is checking in, so Men Without Hats, you guys can talk it out. Well, we've thrown out a couple of track star names. Um, Marion Jones came and went because I believe no matter how many she won, some or all of them were stripped. Um, then we talked about the joiners, Flo Joe, Jackie Joyner, Kersey, uh, but we can't really find a driver that can fit into Florence or Jackie. Maybe we try the NASCAR one and see if we hit something. That... Three-time Daytona winner. Wall trip. Wall trip. I don't think there's a female that starts with a trip. Man, these even-numbered questions are messing with us the way the odd-numbered questions are messing with them. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got nothing again. Maybe Florence is a last name, so let's pick a random first name, and we'll just go with All right. Jeff Florence Joyner. Sure. Find my me. Man Without Hats is checking in with Jeff Florence Joyner. And I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys have? So um, the only reason I know knew the driver is because I've been trying my hardest to write a NASCAR question, um, and it's just not happening. Um, so I've looked at the Daytona 500 list about 400 times, and I know that Bobby Allison has won three Daytonas. And one of my favorite uh, track stars is um, Allison Felix, which I totally spaced on her name. I knew her last name was Felix, and then it just came together. So we're going with Bobby Allison Felix. Once again, for the fourth question in a row, one team will be receiving points. The correct answer is Bobby Allison Felix. 
there have been four who won three. That's Bobby Allison, Dale Jarrett, Jeff Gordon, and Denny Hamlin. Bobby was also the 1983 Winston Cup Series champion. And Felix, to go along with her six gold medals, also has three silver medals. So moving on to question five. What NFL quarterback holds the record for fewest games to reach 200 touchdown passes and was a tight end drafted out of Iowa? (laughs) Oh, I got it. That does work. I'm ready to check in if you are. All right, let's go ahead and check in. All right, men without hats is checked in, so I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. George Kittle went to Iowa, correct? Yeah. And fastest quarterback to 200, could that be Jeff George? Could be. I don't think we're going to come up with a quarterback that works with Dallas, uh, TJ, Noah. Um, I think none of them are going to make more sense than George Kittle. All right, let's just go with Jeff George Kittle. Yeah. If you're good with it, I'm good with it. All right, I miss Mr. Feeney's checked in with Jeff George Kittle. And Men Without Hats, what do you guys have? Uh, so Mason immediately went Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, who are my two fantasy tight ends, by the way. Uh, and then Dallas Goddard, who's the guy I just dropped to pick up Hawkinson. Um, and then we figured out Dan Marie Noah Fant. Once again, one team will be receiving points while technically it works for name wise. Jeff George only threw 154 touchdowns in his career. Really? So the correct answer is Dan Marie Noah Fant. So Fant, as well as teammate TJ Hawkinson, was drafted in the first round of the 2019 draft. Dallas Clark is the only other Hawkeye tight end to be drafted in the first round in 2003. And George Kittle was drafted in the fifth round of the 2017 draft. Confuse my Dallases. Where did Dallas Goddard go? Dallas Goddard went to South Dakota State University. Yeah. So North Dakota State quarterback passing to a South Dakota State tight end. So after the first quarter, we no longer have a tie. I miss Mr. Feeney has 70 points and men without hats has 90 points. And that brings us to our second quarter, which will be five on five. Five on five. For this quarter, there will be five categorized lists containing five items each, where each item is worth 10 points. The teams will attempt to guess as many items as they can. However, if a team has an incorrect guess, they will receive zero points for that list. All right, so list number one. I would like you to list me the five NHL players with the most career playoff points. Josh, we're going to check in. All right. I miss Mr. Feeney has checked in. So men without hands, you guys can talk it out. And when you're ready, let me know your answers. All right. So we immediately both agreed that Gretzky and Messier are going to be on our list. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond that, we've thrown out Yager, Crosby, Lemieux. I don't think Lemieux is going to make it, though, because I don't know he played long enough. He had that, um, what was it, Hodgkins, I think it was. He missed some time in his career. Uh, Sackick, but Sackick had great years with the Avalanche, but he also played for the Nordiques, and they never did much when he was – I don't know how long he was a Nordique, but I know he was on the Nordiques before they became the Avalanche. Yeah. I got mentioned – there's also a couple of the other old Oilers that scored a lot, where Yari Curry and Glenn Anderson. I would 
I would not put Anderson on this list. I'd be tempted to put Curry on this list. Okay. Um, I also don't remember exactly when they expanded the playoffs. I know it was sometime between the 70s and the 80s, the, the late 70s. In the mid-70s, the playoffs were not as long. There weren't as many games. So the Lafleurs, the Richards, those people, I think I'm going to count out because they just wouldn't have had enough games to be on the top five all time at this point. All right. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm good with Gretzky and Messier. If I had to put another name on the list, I think I would be tempted by either Yager, Crosby, or Curry. Okay. Uh, Luke Robitaille is another one. No. I, it would either be Yager, Crosby, or Curry. But if we don't, if we just keep our list at two and they get all five, we'd be down 10. There's plenty of game to go. Yeah. I mean, I like those three. I feel the worst about Crosby. I just don't know if there's enough to get up there. But, I mean, if you feel decent about Curry, we could put him on the list. When did Crosby start with the Penguins? Do you remember? I, I honestly don't know. I think he's been to four finals. Lost to Detroit, beat Detroit, beat Nashville, beat San Jose. So, I mean, that's I mean, quite a few points you get off of that. Yeah, but then there's also been years, like I think it was, what, last year and this year although this year was weird with the bubble format, but last year they got bounced by the Islanders, was it? Or is that the, I don't know. They've gotten bounced early a couple times recently. Yeah. I don't know. I say we just keep it to the two. Okay. And just take our points and yeah. another question. I'm going to be frustrated when I hear the other three, because they're all going to be names that are bouncing around in my head, but I just can't commit to it. Okay. Um, so then we're going to check in with Gretzky and Messier. All right, Men Without Hats is checking in with Gretzky and Messier, and I miss Mr. Feeney. How about you guys? So I'm positive about the top three, which were Gretzky, Messier, and Curry. Um, I know Yager was in the top five, um, so we went with him as well. And the last one I was not sure of, which makes this probably why it's, it's a good you know five list, um, is because most people wouldn't, but... Um, Joe, you said his name. Uh, we went also with Glenn Anderson. <clears throat> so I'm Mr. Finney. You checked in with Gretzky, Messier, Curry, Yager, and Glenn Anderson. Everybody's receiving points. Those were the five. So, Joe, you did mention all five. Uh, and once again, that was Glenn Anderson, not to be confused <laughs> with the goat, Ken Anderson. That's right. Um, Ken Anderson, not good on skates. <laughs> The top four, so what we're, we're talking about, were teammates in the 1980s uh, for the Edmonton Oilers that won five Stanley Cup championships. Rounding out the top ten are number six, Paul Coffey, who didn't he play on a number of those Oiler teams? Yeah. I did. don't think he was on all five, but I think he was no. on four of them, maybe three or four. Uh, number seven was Brett Hull. Number eight, Sidney Crosby. Uh, two, two are tied at ninth, uh, Doug Gilmore and Joe Sack. Bounced around them, but yeah, uh, we just couldn't commit. We couldn't. Yeah, commit. like I said, I mean, yeah. You know, when you, you said Curry, and then you said, yeah, they also their teammate Glenn Anderson. I was like, oh man, <laughs> you've got all five. They're right there. <laughs> okay, list number two. I want you to name me the five starters for the 1999-2000 NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers. So I I just told Corey um, that it, when Josh came up with this round that it's going to be next to impossible for me not to go for all five every time. He's a gambling man. So it's, yeah, I, 
So anyway, Josh, we're checked in. <laughs> okay. I miss Mr. Feeney has checked in. So man without hats, you guys can talk it out. That kind of makes me want to lean towards being more cautious and just hope he crashes and burns one of the three. Yeah, <laughs> but it's Eric. He doesn't That's crack true. and it burn is. very often. Do you not were you not just with us five minutes ago? Yeah, but you've already used We all struggle with that round. So like it wasn't like you were the only one struggling with it. Okay. So basically we're just trying to figure out the forwards on the team at that point. Um Kobe Shaq, Harper, and then I don't I Rick Fox might be there, but it's it's so the names we've juggled are Rick Fox, Eldon Campbell, um, and who was the other one? We it's too early for Odom, too early for Fisher. Their guards, I think Fisher's a guard. Well, anyway. Fisher was, I think he was on the team, but I don't think he would have been starting for him at that. Oh, I, Ron Harper was starting over Fisher. I mean, Ron I, Harper was—he had just come from the Bulls. I know he went from the Bulls. Oh, uh, what about Robert Ory? He came off the bench for sure, right? Yeah, he would have been starting for them. At, um, I don't think uh, Rob. And the other name, uh, Brian Shaw, but again, we're kind of full on guards. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm. If you feel good about the fact that Harper was a starter on this team, I say we just go Kobe Shaq Harper and end it there. Because again, we're in the same boat we were last time where we've probably got all five names, but we just don't know which ones to select to avoid yeah. getting zero. Okay, so then I guess we will go ahead and check in with uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Kobe Bryant, and Ron Harper. All right. Men Without Hats is checking with O'Neal, Bryant, and Harper. I miss Mr. Feeney. How about you guys? Corey, uh, go ahead and give like the first three there, and then we'll I'll finish that up. Uh, we had Shaq, Kobe, Ron Harper. And then um, I don't even remember who we said. <laughs> <laughs> I like <Wow. laughs> No, um, I knew – pretty sure that glenn rice was there um and then i remembered that there was an old power forward that was their starting power forward and i didn't remember his first name hence why i asked if last names were okay i knew it was like aj ac and then Corey said he remembers an ac so then we went with green i'm not going to say ac we're just going to go with green for the last one all right once again everybody's getting their points uh, Shaquille O'Neal was the starting center. Kobe Bryant was their starting shooting guard. Glenn Rice was their starting small forward. Ron Harper, point guard. And A.C. Green was their starting power forward. Um, the only other player to have more than three starts for them was Derek Fisher, who started 22 games. Moving on to list number three. I want you to give me the last five Major League Baseball players to finish a season with a batting average greater than 375. I'm going to leave it 100% up to you. I'm cool. Oh, goodness. I'm cool with the ones we have. I'm 100% fine if you say we should include that other one, or I'm 100% fine if you say we shouldn't. I, I, I can see the merits of both decisions. Okay. Goodness. I'll screw this up. Um, all right. We're going to go ahead and check in. All right, Men Without Hats is checked in, so I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. I don't want to. Um, <laughs> well, you have to eventually give me an answer of some sort. We only have two. <laughs> well, that can get you 20 points. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Start, start, possibly. Guess three random names for the other three. You got it. <laughs> Johnson, Smith, 
Davis. There you go. Check in. Go for it. I thought Ichiro did it, but now the more I think about it, I don't know that he did. Um, he was around 370. Like 372-ish is kind yeah. of like... And I think Todd Helton had a very similar... Yep. And then we also said George Brett. But is it going to go back that far? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. This is like of a question man because we were doing the same thing we're like i think this guy but did he make 375 it was the same <laughs> well barry bonds is around that too yeah he's walking like crazy got intentionally walked a bunch of times i know he's right around 370 yeah i think i think the fact that it's that it's 375 is gonna cut a lot of them off yep. do we go with the two or do we throw george brett in there and hope that it goes back that far and then there's also uh Who's that Twins player? Matt's the one Matt always. Josh, go ahead. Help me with this. Can't. Can't help you. I don't don't. know what you're talking about. Who? The Twins? Yeah, right. Um, uh, Oh, you're talking about Marty Cordova. Oh, yes, definitely. No, um, the the, the one from the Beastie Boys song. Chuck Knobloch? No. Rod Carew. I know he had a... 380 something season but i'm just my my thing is does it is it going to go back that far yeah that's going back farther so i'll let you know what i want to do and then i will let you decide what we do as a team so i will let you save our score from myself um i'm fine going with the four let's i mean which would be gwen walker um brett Brett. and killabrew you mean Carew? Or, yep, sorry. There, who's, there is a Killebrew, too, right? Yep. He's going back farther, too. All right. No, let's go with the Carew. Sorry. Okay. At that, if that's what you want to do, I don't want to – I'm not forcing yep. anything. We can go with the two. We can play it safe. If you're comfortable going four, I'm comfortable going four. Yeah, let's, let's do that. All right. We're going to go with the four of Carew, Britt, Walker, and Gwyn. All right, so I'm as Mr. Feeney's checking in with Carew, Brett, Gwyn, and Walker. Men without hats, what do you guys have? All right, now I'm more worried than I was before because we didn't even mention Larry Walker in this discussion. Um, so we had Gwyn and Brett as our first two. Um, we added Carew. And the risk that he was talking about is that I had the inkling that, like, kind of what Eric said, that 375 was such a big cutoff that they're only left, like, a few people left. So we are taking a big risk and hoping that Ted Williams sneaks into this list. So we checked in with Gwyn, Brett, Carew, and Ted Williams. Everybody's getting points. Oh, wow. Nice. I was going to bring that up, too. In 1999, Larry Walker hit 379. In 1994, Tony Gwyn hit 394. In 1980, George Brett hit 390. In 1977, Rod Carew hit 388. And in 1957, Ted Williams hit 388. So he went all the way back to 1957. So other notables, which you guys were talking about, who hit over 370. Ichiro, 372 in 2004. Nomar Garcia Parra, 372 in 2000. Todd Helton. 372 in 2000, and Andres Galarraga, 370 in 1993. That's why 372 was stuck in my head the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it it led the league 
for a couple of seasons there. So, all right, list four. I want you to give me the five Minnesota Vikings with the most career regular season touchdown receptions. All right, Josh, we're going to check in. All right, I miss Mr. Feeney's checked in, so men without hats, you guys can talk it out and let me know your answer. Okay. Um, so we went, you know, Chris Carter, Randy Moss right away. Um, we decided to add Kyle Rudolph to the list. And then we were struggling trying to find a fourth or a fifth. And um, I, I had a thought that maybe Anthony Carter would also be on this list. Um, I know Chris and Anthony, I think both played for the Eagles and both played for the Vikings kind of at different times and together. So we checked in with Chris Carter, Anthony Carter, Randy Moss, and Kyle Rudolph. All right, Man Without Hats has checked in with Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Anthony Carter, and Kyle Rudolph. I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys have? Uh, we had Anthony Carter, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and Kyle Rudolph. So the exact same four. And Brad Johnson. <laughs> are you sure you want to are you sure you want to add Brad Johnson? No, <laughs> Uh, I was both, at that game. Uh, both teams will be receiving 40 points. The only player that you guys did not come up with was number four on the list, Sammy White, who had 50 touchdowns. Not all about him. So yeah, Chris I, Carter had 110. Randy Moss, 92. Anthony Carter, 52. Kyle Rudolph, 48. Um, rounding out the top 10, Ahmad Rashad at 34. Jake Reed, 33. Stefan Diggs, 30, Steve Jordan, 28, and Adam Thielen, 28. Okay, let's move on to list number five. So the last list of our five-on-five. I want you to tell me the last five seasons that Arsenal won the Premier League. Josh, we're going to check in. (laughs) All right, I miss Mr. Feeney has checked in. So, men without hats... um, I guess I wish I would have known you were more a recent Arsenal fan and not maybe historical Arsenal fan, but this is what we have. So here's here's the the story. I started getting into the Premier League in the mid-2000s, as a matter of fact, and I picked Arsenal because they seemed most akin to the Red Sox to me. Um, Man U and Chelsea were buying every player in sight, sometimes buying redundant players that played the same position. So they had superstars that weren't even making it onto the pitch. And that seemed very Yankees-like to me. So I just kind of glommed onto Arsenal for that reason. Uh, but that was the mid-2000s. And I know they had their perfect season in 03-04. So that's one of our answers. Uh, where they might lose a match. Um, but I don't think they've won one since then. And therefore, we're going back beyond my Premier League watching days. And I am, like I said to Mason, I am pretty sure that they won back-to-back. And I can't remember if that would be 0304 or 0405. But beyond that, it's just going to be a straight guess. I know Man U. I know randomly that Blackburn won in 95. And I know Man U won in the late 99 and 2000 was both Man U. Were both Man U. So, Mason, like I said, I'm 100% sure on 04. That was the year of the Invincibles. Um, right. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, knew, I know that for a fact. But For whatever reason, 1997 is tickling my brain. I've played some Sporkle quizzes where you have 
sorry if I can't mention Forkle, but I've played some. Oh, first- <laughs> it could played- be a sponsor. You never know. <laughs> Forkle, come on. We're- this podcast is ready to go orange. Um, where you had to name like the starting players on all the Premier League winning teams for Arsenal, and I want to say '97 was one. I'm thinking at the end of all this, I. It- I'm 0-4 for sure, and if you want to take a chance, since we would only be risking 10 points anyway, I would add 97 to that list, and then I'm done. Okay, I'm fine with that. Like I said, if 97 rings a bell in your head, I don't. I mean, it's 10 points. That's why I'm doing it is because you probably got all five anyway, so it's, it's 10 points is not going to make much of a difference. I'm fine with taking the risk on it. Maybe we get 20. And all right, so we're checking in with 1997 and 2004. All right, Matt, without hats, with 97 and 04. I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys have? Um, Joe, first, I want to say that if you were picking a soccer team and you wanted to be more Fenway, um, you should have went with the team right here who is owned by the same company that owns the Red Sox, um, Fenway Sports Group. But anyway. Bayern Munich? (laughs) Oh. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) Owned by John Henry and the rest of those guys. Yeah. So anyway. Um, Arsenal, I, you know, that their undefeated season was 04. Um, they won not the year before that, but the year before that, um, which would have been, was it 2002? Um, our, we had 98 on there. And then I believe a couple years before they officially became premier league, um, was 91. So we went with four answers. So 04, 02, 98 and 91. One team will be receiving points. The last five were 0304, 0102, 9798, 9091, and 8889. The other eight, so they have had a stretch where they did get some back to back. Um, the other eight, this spans back to Matt era. We have the 3031 <laughs> season, the 3233, 3334. And 34 35, so back to back to back 37 38, 47 48, 52 53, and 70 71. So, heading into halftime, we have the following <laughs> score uh, I miss Mr. Feeney has now taken the lead. They have 290. Men Without Hats uh, is a little bit behind at 220. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. Today's halftime show has a theme. Sports in sci-fi and fantasy movies or television. Question one. What Hugh Jackman movie has the following plot line? In 2020, human boxers are replaced by robots. Josh, we're going to check in. All right, I miss Mr. Feeney has checked in. Men Without Hats, you guys can talk it out. I've heard of this movie. <clears throat> trailers for this movie. I'm never going to pull the name of this movie. I did not see this movie. Uh, Mason? I can honestly say I've never heard a movie with that description. Um, <laughs> Are we shocked, Mason? No, we shouldn't. I'm not even shocked. Nobody should be shocked. <laughs> illiterate when it comes to films. Like I'm well aware that <laughs> this round is going to be pretty bad um sci-fi i've seen some sci-fi films but like i'm trying to figure out what kind of movie this if a title for this movie 
that makes sense based on the description. He, if I remember correctly, he was like the, the one of the old guard human boxers. You know, he was a uh, no, no, wait, battle, it, battle it was, bots. It was like that, but it wasn't. That's not the name of it. I don't think. <laughs> but it, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not it, but that's the, I mean, battle anytime. It's a, a fun, it's a fun TV show. To yeah, watch. but I, I don't think it's been adapted into a movie with Hugh Jackman. About not I, yet. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to is tap. That the, up, is that the sequel to the movie I'm asking about is BattleBots? I think so. Okay. Yeah, Mason, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I got nothing on this. I, uh, I can see some scenes of it in my head, but I've never seen it. I don't know the name. I, I don't have anything either. So let's, uh, you can come up with a robot movie name. I don't, I don't know. Fort Circuit. Uh, I don't know. Ring of Bots. I'm sure. Fine. Hey, Men Without Hats is checking in with Ring of Bots or Ring of Bots, whichever you want to go with. It's all right. Either way, it's uh, trademark now. I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys have? So, I honestly, the only reason this movie, this movie came up in my life yesterday, um, my son came home from school and he's in an intro to robotics class and apparently they have to watch a movie and he chose this movie um, and the answer is Real Steel. The correct answer is Real Steel. Uh, Jackman won the People's Choice Award for favorite action movie star for this role. Really? People's Choice. Let's not, let's not be a Academy <laughs> Awards choice. here. It's People's so Choice. What people? <laughs> okay, moving on to question two. Eric might struggle with. Oh, boy. From the Harry Potter universe. Oh, yeah. What are the four positions in the sport of Quidditch? Ah, uh, I have to think about this. I, I, this is something that I think I knew at one point, but I don't. Right. The, only, the only reason I say that is because I know that LSU has a Quidditch team and they do competitions. I'm trying to remember, based off of that, if I remember anything. I'm assuming they have the same positions. I, I would assume so. Um, so this one, this one actually is a real sport. Well, real. In it's, it's a sport. It's, it's a, a real, real sport, sport based off of a fake sport. Correct. So. Correct. I thought I'd maybe mix it up a little bit for this halftime show. You know, get away from Mighty Ducks. I thank you for that, but I, I think we're all leaning on Mason. Yeah. That's, mm. Just because I, I, I've seen the movies and I've seen the, the, the Quidditch scenes, but the positions. So I'm 45. I could have answered this question. Just letting you know. I've, but I've, see, I've, this is the thing. I'm only going off of my real-life Quidditch knowledge because I've never <laughs> seen the movies or read the books, and I'm adamant that I will never read the books. Wow, so wow. I've taken a hard-line stance on that. That's, that's but, bold, Cotton. That's... <laughs> I think we might I mean, get two zeros here, apparently. Uh, unless, yeah. you, unless you're an avid fan of the uh, Tiger Quidditch team. Yeah, I, I mean, I like see them on social media but like i don't i don't get into it that much wait 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 what lsu what? has a quidditch team quidditch is a quote real sport no nope yeah nope. not nope yeah now it is it wasn't but now it is they, really they can fly yes. on brooms no, they're they flying fly. on brooms they have no, to not real. they have to have the broom between their legs while they're there running around the field Give me that. These I, I this conversation can go so many different ways with that josh oh my god but, I, I didn't even think of that. Are there people 
broom between their legs? Yes. Yeah. And it, you have to have the broom between your legs the whole time. Yes, that's... Swing their body around to hit the thing? Like, how does this... I, no. I have not studied enough of the actual, like, real-life Quidditch. I'm probably not going to get that deep into things. Just... I, I know for sure what I'm going to do after this for a laugh. And that's going to look up real-life Quidditch play. Oh, I think it'll be entertaining. Mason, I think you're 100% right with that one. That triggered a thought. Yeah, when you said that, I figured out. But that, 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 um, the problem is there's three more that I have to come up with. We got one. Yo, can we get five points for naming one? Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, this might, be, this might be best for us just to move on from not spend too much time on if you don't think you're going to get there. <sighs> insane. I mean, oh, Eric already checked out. Like after I read the question, he was like, "I'm out." <laughs> That's up to you, Mason. You're you're the only one who's got even a shot in hell of pulling these things. I don't. I I got one of them. I think is right. The other. I'm when I hear them, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that those are them, and they make sense." But I just I because I know how it works. I just don't know what the positions are called. Right, right, right. Like I know what they do, and like the <laughs> gist of it, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we just tap out or check in with make up three words after that one that you said? <laughs> okay. Well, um, have you guys checked in? Sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, but a looker? No, that's what a seeker would be. Uh, so a finder. A finder, if, it's, if you're seeking something, that's the same thing. But I mean, um, maybe there's a hider. If you're, there's a seeker, there's a hider. I don't, I don't. <laughs> go for it. So hider, seeker, and uh, finder is literally the same thing as seeker pretty much. But I mean. Um, Shooter, saver. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So seeker, saver, finder, and I don't even remember the fourth one. Whatever the fourth one was that we said. Man, you can't forget about the hider. Hider, hider yes. Hider, seeker, finder, and saver. We're going to check in with that. All right. I know one of them's right, but we'll see what the happens. Men with hats has checked in with those four. <laughs> uh, I miss Mr. Feeney. Do you guys have anything to check in with? So I'll just throw up four. You wanted four? Four, four. things I know. Four things I know about Harry Potter. Um, Harry Potter. Um, it was a book. Um, I've been to Harry Potter World, and I didn't know anything about Harry Potter World while I was there. So that's our answer. Needless to say, there are no points awarded. Um, yes, Mason Seeker is one of the positions. The other three are Chaser, Beater, and Keeper. The Chasers and the Keeper respectively score with and defend the goals against the Quaffle. The two Beaters bat the Bludgers away from their teammates and towards their opponents. And the Seeker locates and catches the Golden Snitch. Where the hell am I right now? Eric is ready to... (laughs) I really could have swore Eric got that question right. I'm going to protest. I think his answer was right. Listen, I, I, I legit went to Harry Potter World, all right? I've never seen a movie and the entire time I was there, I had like, everyone's like taking pictures of stuff. And I'm just like, I, my hands were literally like this the entire time. I well, don't know, you know what is going on about it. Then why did you but, go there? Well, Cause 
we were at Universal, and apparently that's where I wanted okay. to spend all. Day. I wanted end, to spend all day in the end at Simpsons Land. This guy wants to go. To the only cool, only cool thing is that there's there's a dragon on top of one of the buildings that shoots fire, and you can literally feel it. Oh, around. Nice. That was it. Nice. That all was right, it. that is the only Harry Potter question. So, thank goodness. When I started this with you guys, I thought the last thing that would ever come up in any of these episodes is Harry Potter. Well, guess what? Yeah. Well, now we've hit the last thing that could possibly you could possibly think would come up. You didn't did say, say you the hit. Same thing, didn't we say the same thing about something I brought up when I hosted a game that hasn't been put out yet? You said the same <laughs> thing. About- Listen, you've officially been passed. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty significant. Uh, you you did say you had writer's block the other day, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, I can see that here. Question three: What sport from Futurama is being discussed in the following dialogue? Leela, face it, Fry. Baseball was as boring as Mom and Apple Pie. That's why they jazzed it up. Fry, boring. Baseball wasn't. Hmm. So they finally jazzed it up? I don't know. You got any more Harry Potter questions in there? Dan would get this correct. Just like I'm, I'm going to get it. I just, I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, so you've seen Futurama. You're familiar yeah, with it. I do. I enjoy, I enjoy Futurama, but this is, I think this is old Futurama. Not to give anything away. Don't worry. You're not. You could probably explain everything going on. And you still, we, I still wouldn't get it. Well, you know, I tried to mix it up a bit. We've had a whole bunch of just normal Kevin Costner and... You know what we haven't had enough of? We've no. had a more than enough <laughs> no, Mighty don't say it. questions. The answer. Don't say it. I've barely scratched the surface of D3, okay? This is... Okay, you I want you want to make a deal, Eric? No more D, no more Mighty Ducks questions, and I won't write any more sci-fi and fantasy sports questions. <laughs> All right, Josh, I think we're going to check in. Ooh. All right. So I miss Mr. Feeney's checked in. So men without hats, I'm sure you've got a lot to discuss. What you got? Insert crickets here. Yeah, I think our team name should be men without answers now for this round. And we're getting bludgeoned in this round. Um, I don't know. Make some, so like I said to you in the chat, I have this, I've seen like maybe a half an episode of Futurama in my life. Um, but it would seem to me that it would be some sort of, and maybe I'm conflating this with the Simpsons or, you know, um, itchy and scratchy or something, but I would think that it would be something like death ball or fireball or, you know, something where it jazzes up baseball a little bit. Um, so I don't know. Pick one that you like. It doesn't matter. I, these are all just nothing. Let's go with Death Ball. I mean, checking in with Death Ball. All right, men without hats, checking in with Death Ball. And I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys got? It took me a minute to pull it out. It, like I said, I think it was old, like maybe first couple seasons of Futurama. It was, uh, I hope I'm saying it right. I hope it's correct. Um, I might have it wrong, but I, I believe it's called Blurns Ball. One team is getting points. The correct answer is Blurns Ball. In Blurns Ball, uh, steroid injections are mandatory and robots are not allowed on the field anymore. So, 
Has anybody seen Star Wars prequels? Anybody? Unfortunately. Okay. Question four. In Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, who was Anakin Skywalker's arch-rival pod racer? So, yes, I threw a curveball at you guys for this halftime. You threw a Blurns ball? <laughs> we, we can check in, Josh. Oh, my God. Why, we should just check these in so we don't have to talk about things we don't know, Mick. <laughs> I miss Mr. I just saw your answer. Is check in. checked in. So, men without hats, you guys can talk it out. I mean, I have picked two of the biggest sci-fi slash fantasy um, universes to give you questions. So still past me. I told you, you already know, I don't watch movies. I don't, I haven't seen this either. <laughs> Fun fact. So, um, so it's like, it's obligatory to watch all the star Wars, even if Phantom Menace was one of the ones that nobody, people railed after. Oh, it's the worst of all of them, but no, not yes. the worst. No, yes. the, the second one. What is it? Attack of the clones is the worst. No, one. no, it's next. It's second worst. <laughs> And that was our uh, segment on the Star Wars trivia podcast. <laughs> oh wait, um, who did uh, Natalie Portman play? Is it possible that it was her character? They wasn't it that Anakin fell in love with Natalie Portman's character, and they had, you know, Luke and Leia and all of them. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um. I can name characters from it. I don't think Natalie Portman played those characters, but because I, I now I'm ha- again. This is I don't, I don't know if I'm sure, but I feel like maybe they raced against each other. Whether that was they were rivals or not, I haven't got a clue. Our only answer is that we could possibly come up with either her character, whatever it is. Uh, what was her name? Queen Papa. Do you know her character's name by chance, Mason? Queen. Oh man, I got a lot of people screaming into their radios right now. It's, yeah, maybe um, not. Uh, maybe not. There might be people yelling because I've asked these questions. I know Dan's probably I, yelling right now. Oh, I, you know. So what is it? Do you know what it starts with? Maybe I can get. There. I keep wanting to say Padma, but I think I'm thinking of Padma Lakshmi from the Chef. <laughs> that's who it is. Yep. Yep. That's it. Um, it starts. Um, with, is it something like Padma? I think so. But okay. I could be thinking words that are similar to Padma that could be in Star Wars. Um, this is this is the most entertaining part ever. We're checking in in under fifteen seconds on this last one. Just yeah, so we- I, it's again. <laughs> yeah. Um, if something doesn't come to us, we'll just check in with something and move on. Cause I, uh, I don't know. The only other possible answer would be Obi Wan Kenobi, and I don't. That doesn't ring a bell. But like what? What else were we going to say? Queen, Queen Padma. I don't care. <laughs> sure. I, I'm sure. Ugh. All right. Checked in with that. Whatever. All right. Men Without Hats is checking in with uh, Queen Padme. Padma. Padme. It's, it's, it's good. All right. So let, okay. let me just let me help know. everybody. That's I miss yelling. Mr. Feeney. What you guys got? So it's Queen, it's Queen Amadala, and it, the other name is is Padme. Padme, but, but close, but the, yeah. So anyway, um, the, his rival was this like weird looking dude, and his name was Sabulba. 
One team getting points. The correct answer is Sabulba. He was a male Doug hailing from the mid-rim planet, Malastare. I, I, Mason, I hope, like me, you feel perfectly fine not knowing that in life. You I, strongly that's not, through life. That sounds like an Italian trying to talk about garlic. It's Sabulba garlic right there. <laughs> uh, that's, okay. Sure. All right. This one might be more gettable. Might be. In the movie The Princess Bride, what Hall of Fame football player's jersey is Fred Savage's character wearing? Haven't seen The Princess Bride? I think we've established. Apparently, I haven't seen any movies at all. Just, just any films, movies, any, anything that would be shown on a TV or screen, I have not seen. That makes a halftime pretty tough. Okay, so Mason, if you have nothing else, I'm not going to get any better than that, so I'm checking in so we don't have to talk. Amen. <laughs> Checked in, and I've got a maybe we will we'll pull this out. I don't know. All right, men without, hats, men without Hats is checked in, so I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. I don't it's, really know which deal. I think maybe Walter Payton makes more sense. I don't than Gail Sayers for the time frame. I guess it was an early movie, was what early 80s, and that would be Walter Payton's time frame. So I say we just go with that. Yeah. All right, we're going to go with Walter Payton. All right, I miss Mr. Fiends checking in with Walter Payton. And Men Without Hats, what do you guys have? Well, I, uh, I think the movie was in 87, so the time frame would work for Payton. But for whatever reason, I had an inkling that he had a Joe Namath shirt on. One team will be getting points. He was wearing a number 34 Bears jersey. Walter Payton is the correct answer. Hey, guess what? Good news, men without hats. <laughs> halftime is over. Has anyone ever got shut out at halftime? I think I, I might have set I, a record. I don't think so. I think I that might be a... the first shutout in a halftime. We have had shutout yeah. in a Other category people. before. Yes. Josh knows that. I know that. Yeah, yeah that I know would that. Be, yeah, Mason knows that too. Yeah, I'm well aware. Although, I did see uh, um, from Twitter on a and I even uh, tagged Scott in it um, from the backyard brawl. There was a this day in sports on Twitter of um, Dan Marino when he was at Pitt playing against West Virginia. Talked about the backyard brawl. I'm like that would have been good to have known a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that until you know obviously yesterday. So heading into the second half, we have the final the following scores. Uh, I miss Mr. Feeney has 370 and men without hats took a break during halftime. They still have 220. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Benchwarmers TP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called the bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Now on to the second half. Today's third quarter will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. 
If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question one. What two-time Super Bowl champion finished runner-up for the 1982 Heisman Trophy to Herschel Walker? That was my first thought. Okay. Yep, I'm, w I'm with you on that. Okay. I think that fits better. Right. Want to check that in? We'll go ahead and check in. All right, Men Without Hats is checked in, so I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. So he said runner-up in 82. Elway, I don't believe, ever won a Heisman. Um, drafted in 83, so the time frame works, um, and he won two Super Bowls. The only other one I could think of would be Steve Young. I know he was a runner-up. I don't remember what year, um, but he was drafted around that same time frame too. Um, but I think he's only got the one Super Bowl at least started as, as a starter. He, maybe he won with Montana, but I think, I think Elway's a better answer. I don't know. Do you yeah. have anything? I, I like Elway. All right. Let's uh, check in with John Elway. All right. I miss Mr. Feeney is checked in with John Elway and men without hats. What do you guys got? Um, first name we came up with was Marcus Allen, but then we kind of couldn't find his second Super Bowl title. And, um, then Elway came up and he definitely won too. And like Eric said, the time frame worked. So we also checked in with Elway. The good news for men without hats is they're getting some points. Hey. The bad news is I miss Mr. Feeney is also getting points. Correct answer is John Elway. Uh, Terry Bradshaw denounced Elway who refused to sign with the Baltimore Colts who drafted him stating you should play baseball. He's not the kind of guy you win championships with. Well, until always last two seasons, Bradshaw had been correct. Question two. What coach who has won an NCAA championship and a Super Bowl played free safety for Pacific in the early 1970s? We'll go ahead and check in. All right, Men Without Hats is checked in. I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. For, for the age of the coach, he would have to be around 70 right now, and I think Jimmy Johnson's too old. And the other coach to win a Super Bowl and a national championship, I believe, is Barry Switzer, who is also – he's in his 80s, so he's out of it too. And then the other one that we can come up with is Pete Carroll. However, his was – I believe wasn't his stripped. But I don't think – it would have to be him because, like I said, the other two guys are way too old. Yeah. He's right around that age. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that old, but no, that's... Yeah, he's one of the older coaches. All right, are you good with that? Yep. Go ahead, check it in. We'll check in with Pete Carroll. All right, I miss Mr. Feeney has checked in with Pete Carroll and Men Without Hats. What do you guys got? Yeah, we had kind of a similar process. First thing we came up with was Jimmy Johnson, and we agreed Switzer was. We kind of both felt they weren't right for that. Came up with Pete Carroll... I know that he's around 70 um, because they had him and Belichick on Sunday night football. And they talked about how like they were, it was the only time in history that two coaches like 68 and older coached against each other or something like that. Um, and also Carol is a West coast guy more so than Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. So we also checked in with Pete Carroll. And the correct answer is Pete Carroll. He has, he won two national championships and I don't think either was vacated. 
I know that the Heisman Trophy was vacated for Reggie Bush, but I don't know if the actual championships were vacated. One of them might have been uh, that I don't have that information, but you guys both have the right answer, so I'm not even going to bother. Someone on Facebook can correct me if I'm not correct on that. So the other two you guys did mention, there were only there are only three who've done it. The other two were Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. Both of them played football in college at anybody? Arkansas, right? Arkansas. Yeah, they yeah. both played at Arkansas. So that's why I put in the clue about playing at Pacific. Because obviously, if you knew the other two and knew they played at Arkansas, then it would rule them out. Um, and also, the early 70s gave you a little bit of a age difference as well. So good job, guys. So our theme-linked answers thus far are John Elway and Pete Carroll. Moving on to question three in the missing link. Who is the only player in Major League Baseball history to win a batting title in three different decades and is one of four players in Major League Baseball history to accumulate 3,000 hits, 300 home runs, and a career 300 batting average? Uh, We can check in. Uh, I miss Mr. Feeney has checked in. So men without hats, you guys can talk it out. The first guy that came to mind was Ted Williams, but one, he's already been an answer in this game, which kind of makes it unlikely. And two, I'm, there's a couple of problems with Ted Williams. One, I'm not, I, I seem to remember he won the batting title in like 1939, and you certainly won it in 41. Right. Um, as we gleaned from the, earlier in the quiz, he was the only guy to hit over 375 in 1957, so he must have won the batting title that year too. Did Brett win a title in the 90s? Because he started, he had a handful of years in the 70s. Definitely won a title in the 80s. I don't think he would have won a title in the 90s, though. I don't think so. Boggs? No, we're asking him to win a title in the 2000s. That's not happening. Nope. I mean, I'm leaning Williams, but Frank Robinson, 50s, 60s, 70s? Uh... Robinson did win a triple crown right before Yaz did. Oh, he definitely has 300 homers. Right. I know he was MVP in at least two different decades. Okay. Uh, I know he won a triple crown in the 60s. So I can't definitively check the boxes, but I'm checking a lot of them in pencil anyway. I'm fine with that if you feel that's better than... I don't know. Robinson or Williams, Robinson or Williams. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to get anything better. Okay. You can go ahead and check it in. We'll check in with Frank Robinson. All right, Men Without Hats is checking in with Frank Robinson, and I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys have? Uh, we checked in with George Brett. One team will be getting points. It is a repeat answer. The correct answer is George Brett. Uh, he won the batting title in 76, in 80, and in 1990. Uh, the other three players in the 3,300-300 club are Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Stan Musial. Uh, Ted Williams, I looked it up while you guys were discussing. Uh, He finished with 2,654 hits. Uh, You're right. His time spent in the wars definitely took him out of having enough at-bats probably to get there. Now, his rookie year was 1939. He did hit 327, but that year, uh, Joe DiMaggio hit 381. And in 1960, his last year, he did hit 316, which was only a little bit behind Pete Runnels, who hit 320. So he actually was pretty close 
1960. All right. So our theme-linked answers thus far are John Elway, Pete Carroll, and George Brett. Moving on to question four. In 2017, who became only the second person to be elected to the Hall of Fame as a player and win the Manager of the Year award? Note, these did not happen in the same year. Corey, it makes sense. Yep. Check it in. We'll check All right. in. All right, I'm Mr. Feeney is checked in, so men without hats, you guys can talk it out. I was just typing a Mason. I, I, I wonder if the first person to do this was Frank Robinson. <laughs> in 2017, Mattingly would have been managing, right? Definitely in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he won manager of the year. Who would he would have been? He would have been managing the Dodgers then, right? Yes, I think so. I'm wondering whether it was Roberts or Mattingly. Mattingly managed the Dodgers and he managed the Marlins. Right. I can't imagine him winning manager for the Marlins. But if he were in charge if he were in charge of the Dodgers in 2017, that would make sense. He already would have been in the Hall of Fame. He would have got he would have locked up. The other guy that's bouncing around in my head is Kirk Gibson. I can't remember when Gibson was in charge of Arizona, but I don't remember him having a lot of success with Arizona. Yeah, manager of the year, I don't I don't think so. I don't think Dusty Baker's in the Hall of Fame, nor am I sure if he was managing in seventeen. I don't know when he took the Nationals job. Does Mattingly, do you, what do you say? I, I think that logic makes sense. It would be around the time that he would have still been there, but I, I don't know that for a fact. But I, I, th- I think that's a good answer, at least. It's... All right. Huh? Check in with Mattingly and see if we get it. So, um, Men Without Hats is checking with Don Mattingly. I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys have? This was all you, Corey. We checked in with Paul Molitor. Our oh. team is receiving points. The correct answer is Paul Molitor. Uh, and as you mentioned, Joe, Frank Robinson, who was named AL Manager of the Year in 1989 while managing Baltimore Orioles, was the first. Uh, Don Mattingly uh, is not in the Hall of Fame. He was on the ballot from 01 to 15 and did not receive enough votes to be inducted. And I don't, and in 2017, he was already with the Miami Marlins. Um, and I don't think he's won manager of the year. Yeah. I and didn't even come across my radar. Kirk Gibson, not in the hall of fame as well. Although he did win NL manager of the year in 2011. Yeah, they currently are not. So I think they're both into this, probably the senior committee now and eventually might get in. I don't know. All right, so our themed linked answers thus far are John Elway, Pete Carroll, George Brett, and Paul Molitor. Question five. What sportscaster played wide receiver and defensive back for the North Carolina Tar Heels? He was as cool as the other side of the pillow. You good with that, Mason? Yep. All right, we'll check in. All right, Men Without Hats has checked in. I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. Is it Stuart Scott or Dan Patrick? Scott. Stuart Scott always said. Did he? Or was it, uh, yeah, maybe it was. All right, no, I'd say we just keep it short and sweet. I think Stuart Scott's right. You guys checked in with Stuart Scott? Yeah, we'll do that. All right, so I miss Mr. Feeney. He's checked in with Stuart Scott. And Men Without Hats, what do you guys have? We also said Stuart Scott. 
And the correct answer is Stuart Scott. So your theme-linked answers are John Elway, Pete Carroll, George Brett, Paul Molitor, and Stuart Scott. Uh, one team has submitted a theme guest thus far, and that was I Miss Mr. Feeney. So men without hats, you guys can actually talk it out and submit a theme if you possibly have one. Uh, all right. Not that it matters. Did they submit theirs after or before the fifth? They submitted it before the fifth question. So they could possibly get 100 points. All right. What are you thinking, Mason? I mean, Elway, Stanford, Pete Carroll is obviously Pacific, but he mentioned that in the question. So I don't yeah. think like college in California is going to be. Well, well actually, Stuart Scott went to UNC. He said he went to UNC. So obviously that's out too. Um, Elway was drafted as a baseball player. I highly doubt Stuart Scott was or Pete Carroll. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to figure out why Stuart Scott's in this list. What, why he's in the list with a bunch of athletes. It must be something. Their last names all end with a consonant. Um, that is true. Very true. <laughs> um, Just because you maybe state a true fact doesn't necessarily mean that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I figured it out. You did? What is it? It's Beatles. John, Paul, George, Pete Best, and Stuart Sutcliffe. They were all members of the Beatles. I don't know why that came in my head. But John, Paul, and George, I'm that. All right. They were all members of the Beatles? Wait a minute. At one point, because so Pete Best was Ringo before Ringo Starr. And obviously, there are no athletes named Ringo, so he wouldn't include that in the list. Right. Um, so, yeah, John, Paul, George, Pete Best was the drummer. Stuart Sutcliffe played bass or uh, I think before, like early on in the band. I love it. So, if that's not it, then I found a really good connection. Um, <laughs> So we're going to check in with Beatles, Beatles, or members of the Beatles. All right, you're checking in with members of the Beatles, and I miss Mr. Feeney. What did you guys check in with after the fourth question? That was yours, Corey. Uh, we checked in with the Beatles as well. The correct theme is they share first names with the five original members of the Beatles. As Mason said, it was John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Pete Best, the original drummer, and Stuart Sutcliffe, the original bass player. Um, after Sutcliffe uh, left the band, that is when Paul McCartney switched over to play bass guitar. And obviously Ringo came in after Pete Best was gone. So well done, guys, on the theme. So for that, I miss Mr. Feeney will be getting 100 points, but Men Without Hats will be getting 50 for the theme. After the third quarter, we have the following scores. I miss Mr. Feeney is at 570. Men Without Hats is at 330. And that brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. Today's categories is a little bit of a carryover from the third quarter. The category for question one is yellow in reference to uniforms. Category two is in submarine in reference to baseball. Question three is in Abbey, 
in reference to soccer. Question four is in road in reference to football. And question five, 1969 in reference to basketball. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one, in yellow. In 2015, what NFL team was the first and only team to wear all yellow jerseys for a Thursday night color rush game? I'm good with that. Okay, we're checking in. Okay, Men Without Hats has checked in. I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. So Rams were the first team. I think it was a Rams-Bucks game where they were just like all red and all yellow. And like you said, Jags. Jags makes sense, but I think it was more – I think they're – that was technically gold. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I can picture that too. Um, Steelers. I don't believe would ever do all, all yellow. Packers, They'd probably, probably Packers definitely. No, there'd be more of a, if they were going to do it, I would suggest green in my head, <laughs> but I hope they don't do that either. Um, so I think Rams would be our best bet because especially now when they went back to their old colors too, I think that kind of maybe, maybe jumpstarted the fact that they wanted to go back to it. Yeah. So uh, we're going to check in with the Rams for 100 points. All right. I miss Mr. Feeney's checked in with the Rams for 100 points. And men without hats, what do you guys have? Uh, so uh, we had a very similar conversation. Mason threw out the Jaguars. I said, I don't know if I would call that yellow, that like bronzy goldish color. And then uh, I Told him I remember the Rams were all yellow and the Bucks were all orange red and I felt look my TV was going to melt when the game was on and uh, so we went with the Rams. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is the St. Louis Rams. Uh, the LA Rams wore these uniforms four more times over the next four seasons. Also, the Washington football team was originally set to wear yellow gold uniforms in 2017, but they disliked the, quote, garish yellow gold color chosen for them and opted for an all burgundy combination of their normal uniforms instead. Shortly afterwards, the NFL would announce the discontinuation of the Color Rush program. So you can either thank or blame the Washington football team for killing the color rush program i enjoyed it yeah except for the yeah they had a couple bad ones but for the most part there was the, i think it was the bills jets game where they yeah. they yelled about colorblind people couldn't tell who was playing <laughs> yeah uh also we forgot to say our wager um oh yes how many points did you guys wager on that one we wager 90 90 points so 100 points to i miss mr feeney and 90 points to men without hats Moving on to question two in submarine. What submarine style pitcher led the American League in saves five times during his career? If that's good with you, I'm good with that. All right, we'll check in, Josh. All right, Men Without Hats has checked in, so I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. What are you thinking? Not. <laughs> um, young, young Kim. What do you he was with the Diamondbacks. Then. Was he? Was he a submarine pitcher? Yeah. Only submarine pitcher I can remember is Dan Quisenberry, like specifically being a submarine pitcher. Other than that, okay. but but I don't know. So I mean, if I you're, if you like yours, I don't. I I, I don't awesome. know if I like it because he was in the NL. Okay. With the Diamondbacks for 
whatever. I think he played for the Red Sox or something after. But yeah, I think Quisenberry was a uh, Royal. So I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't. I I really don't know. I feel better about that then. Let's go with Dan Quisenberry. For how many points? Fifty. All right, I miss Mr. Feeney's checked in with Dan Quisenberry for fifty points. Men without hats, what do you guys have? I was really hoping we could make up some ground there, but uh, we pretty quickly locked in with Dan Quisenberry. For how many points? 90. Well, technically, you did make up some ground because you are both correct, so you picked up 40 points on them in this round. So Dan Quisenberry uh, is the most successful submarine-style closer in Major League Baseball history, accumulating 244 saves over his career which is good for 38th all-time amongst closers. Um, he has 60 more than Kent Tekulve, who is the second most for a submarine-style pitcher. Well, with, uh, with drawing an extra 40 points on that, let will give you a little score update. Uh, I miss Mr. Feeney after two questions in the fourth is at 720, and Men Without Hats is at 510. Moving on to question three in Abbey. Abby Wambach, the greatest all-time goal scorer for the U.S. national team, has won how many combined FIFA World Cup, uh, FIFA Women's World Cup championships and Olympic gold medals? So, might as well check it in. Yeah, sounds good. We'll check in. All right, Men Without Hats is checked in. I miss Mr. Feeney. You guys can talk it out. What are you thinking? I think they lost in 11, won a gold medal in 04. And they won the Olympics in 12, but not in between. Maybe she didn't play in 28. I don't know. So say two Olympics, I think that she won, and then one World Cup, maybe? So three? Fine with me. Yeah, I I think that might be the best there. I don't know. I'm thinking I might be overlooking something, but let's go with three. We're going to go with three for 100 points. Okay, Miss I miss Mr. Feeney is checked in with three for a hundred points. And man without hats, what do you guys have? Well, we bet zero, so we didn't give it much thought. Uh, and I just figured three World Cups, three Olympic golds, let's say six. Move on. So the US women's national team won the World Cup in twenty fifteen. And they won Olympic golds in two thousand four, two thousand eight, and two thousand twelve. However, she missed the 2008 Olympics with a broken leg. So the correct answer is three. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So she, because she was a a regular on the U.S. women's national hockey team from 03 to 15. Um, So obviously she wasn't on the most recent World Cup and she wasn't on the 99 World Cup. But yeah, the the trick kind of was that they did win three consecutive gold medals, but she missed the middle one. So... Eric, whether you thought they just didn't win it or whatnot in the middle, you were correct. She was not on that team because of a broken yeah, leg. I just didn't remember that Olympics. I don't know why. Wow, that was – I don't care. I, when you were talking it through, I was like, is he going to go to four? And then when you were like, I don't think they won in between, it was like, well – or when you're like, or she wasn't on, it was like, well, yeah, there you go. Well, that uh, widened out the lead a bit again. I miss Mr. Feeney, gained 100 points there at 820. Men Without Hats didn't cost them anything with their uh, wager of zero, so they are still at 510. Moving on to question four, 
in road. What NFL team set the record for most consecutive regular season road games won with 18 from 1988 to 1990? I think we can check it in. Okay, I miss Mr. Feeney's checked in, so man without hats, you guys can talk it out and let me know your answer and your wager. So the first thought was the Niners. You know, I think 88, that was the years they beat the Bengals for the second time, and then I think the Giants beat them in the NFC Championship, and then the third year was when they demolished Denver, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, and then, no, wait a minute. Was that, the Bills lost four in a row, 91, 92, 93, 94, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was right before the Bills run. Uh, so that means they would have went to the NFC Championship all three of the years that Josh mentioned. I was thinking maybe Giants or Redskins. They were both good at the time, but they would have had to play each other on the road. Right. So that means that, you know, for they would have had to win multiple – they would have had to sweep road games in their division multiple years. And I really feel like the Niners were doing that in their division, where whereas it would have been harder to do for either of those teams. Right. I mean, and the Eagles were not great, but they were a decent team as well in that time. So Randall was with them, right? Yeah, that was the – yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I like the 49ers the best. I, I can't think of anybody from the AFC. I mean, Denver was good, you know, but. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Outside of Denver, I can't think of anybody else that would have been that good for those three years. And then I, I don't know. I just feel, I feel better about the 49ers, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos ended up doing this. Yeah. I, I'm fine with the 49ers. I think that makes sense to me. Okay. We're going to check in with the 49ers. For how many points? Sorry, for 90 points. Okay, Man Without Hats has checked in with the San Francisco 49ers for 90 points. And I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys got? We checked in with the 49ers for 100 points. Both teams will be getting their points. The correct answer is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the streak started with a win in week 13 of the 1988 season at the San Diego Chargers. And the streak wasn't broken until week one of the 1991 season when they lost to the New York football Giants. However, if you include their victory at Soldier Field in the 1988 Conference Championship game, they actually won 19 consecutive road games. Well done, guys. Moving on to the final question. Um, the score is 920 to 600. Just a quick little update. So this is in 1969. There were 76 NBA players who were born in 1969. Of these 76, two players led the five major statistical categories, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. The leader in rebounds, steals, and blocks was drafted in 1989 after playing in zero college basketball games. And the leader in points and assists, a former community college transfer, was drafted in 1993. Name these two players. Just a clarification. So you're talking about leaders in terms of like all the players born in 1969. Leaders of those 76. Okay. So of those players born in 1969, those two players led the five statistical career categories for all of those 76 players, not like league-wide or anything okay. like that. That's what I was clarifying. Of the people born that year. I just thought it was interesting because two players accumulated all of those five categories. I thought it made an interesting question. And also the fact that one was drafted in 89 and the other not till 93. 
There's way too much information in this question. Um, <laughs> I feel like I almost have their life story here. Oh, I, got, uh, I got plenty of flavor text once we get to right. the answer. The, the assist leader was the college kid or the not college kid? The, yeah, the college points, kid. Points and assist was the former community college transfer drafted in 93. Yeah. The points rebound, assist. steals, and blocks leader was drafted in 89 after playing zero college basketball games. We can lock it in or check it in. <laughs> All right, so I miss Mr. Feeney's checked in, so um, and without hats, you guys can talk it out. Oh, goodness. Do um, we have to? <laughs> Maybe we don't have to, but the, I was trying to figure it out from, like, the clues based on their what happened prior to them joining the NBA, but I I mean, the first part, it could like we discussed, it could either be straight out of high school, an international person, or someone that went to college didn't play a game there and then left after a year but i, I that doesn't really pin down that, yeah and that third storyline just doesn't ring a bell somebody who was like signed up to play somewhere and just never did i mean it certainly could have happened but i can't think of anybody that fits that yeah okay i'm trying to remember there was an another episode where we talked about the 93 would have been so after shack that's the chris weber draft because yeah I just remember that. All right, 92, he called the timeout. Yeah, so Weber, that would be the Penny Hardaway draft, right? Because of, yeah. So they're together, but I don't think that doesn't fit for. Why doesn't that fit for Penny? Penny went to Memphis, and he wasn't the most academically uh, solid college student, as I remember. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a stab, but it's at least got some validity to I it. I thought he, yeah. Yeah, so okay. So then maybe Penny works for. The 93 one. But then we have to get to the 89 one. Yeah, and that's... Steals, I don't even, steals I, and blocks are a weird combination of cate- uh, statistical yes. categories to lead in. So, yeah, rebound, steals, and blocks means we're looking for someone like a... Someone that probably plays maybe the four, like an athletic four kind of thing, to where you would get the rebounds and blocks and then... Well, all right. So, I, I can't think of high school players that came... I don't know. All right, so Moses Malone came out of high school, and I don't know that there were that many, if any. There was a long stretch of no high school players, as I recall, until you get to the late Garnett, those ones. So I'm leaning international versus versus high school. Okay. Um, And, you know – international players that could have led in all these categories from people born in 1969. I don't know. I mean, I don't know when Sabonis came into the league. He would have played zero college games. He did get steals. He didn't play a long time though. Cause he was yeah. already pretty banged up by the time he got to Portland. Vlade. I don't think Vlade was stealing the ball a lot. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't think that. Shrimp. I'm just throwing out names now. International guys in the 90s. Yeah. Sarunas Marcellonis. <laughs> uh, I, I doubt it's him. I'm good with whatever on that front. Because like I said, I just I don't don't really have anything for that one. At least we have some from the second one. The first one, I just, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't either. Um, and, you know, I don't want to drag this out. It is the last question of the game. And it's been a, it's been a long time for us today. So let's, uh, let's. Let's just roll with Sabonis. I know he got steals for a big guy. Okay. 
Um, it, it's possible. Yeah, that's fine. All yeah. right. Sabonis and Hardaway checked in. For how many points? 60, right, Mason? Yeah, 60 points. All right. Mammoth Out Hats has checked in for 60 points with Hardaway and Sabonis. And I miss Mr. Feeney. What do you guys have? So I was looking at it the wrong way from the beginning. I had the guys flipped. Um, so I remember Sam Cassell transferred to Florida State. I believe it was from a community. I'm not sure if it was community college or not, but I know he transferred and he was drafted in 93. And Sean Kemp, I originally had him as a community college guy, but then I remember that he bombed his, like his grades were just so bad that he couldn't make it into Kentucky where he was supposed to go. So he did not play any college basketball. Um, so our answer was Sean Kemp and Sam Cassell. For how many points? Uh, zero. Well, one team did get it right, but they'll be getting zero points. The correct answers are Sean Kemp and Sam Cassell. So Kemp decided to enroll at Kentucky, where he was academically ineligible to play. However, he left the team in November 1988 after he was accused of pawning two gold chains that had been reported stolen from his teammate, Sean Sutton, son of then-Kentucky head coach Eddie Sutton. Um, Sean Sutton didn't press charges, but Kemp transferred to Trinity Valley Community College in Texas after a semester at TVCC where he did not play, 19-year-old Kemp declared himself eligible for the 1989 draft. So Cassell, on the other hand, spent a postgraduate year at Maine Central Institute in Pittsfield, Maine, under coach Max Good. From MCI, Cassell was successfully recruited to attend DePaul University, but like Kemp, he was declared academically ineligible and ended up starting his college career at San Jacinto Community College in Houston, Texas, where he was known as a big scorer. He moved on to Florida State University to finish out his college career. So we had a guy who took us took a year to work on his basketball and hopefully a little bit of school and then go to college, and he had one who just had issues. The, the Kemp one is a pretty, I thought, a pretty well-known that he did try to go to college and had issues. So when he got drafted, he technically got drafted out of um, Trinity nice Valley Community yep. College, even though he played zero games for him. That brings the game to a close. Their final scores with a respectable 540 points, um, men without hats, and our clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the coveted Sean Mannion Award with 920 points, I miss Mr. Feeney. Congratulations, guys. Anything you guys would like to say before you know we call it a day other than trashing me for you know, my halftime and, and maybe some difficult, uh, you know, fourth quarter questions. I don't know. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> had a lot of fun. Uh, I'd like to come on again sometime. Eric definitely carried me there. You had, you had some key answers. Like I said, I, 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 I'm pretty good with most of them, but I, I need somebody who can get those ones that I can't get in this and you did it. So. Um, the, min the missing link hundred is huge. That's, yeah. When you oh, guys yeah. can get that, that's huge. Yeah, um, like Corey, I had a blast. Um, I hope that someday I um, asked to come back on because I would love to do it again. Corey, that was a huge pull with the Beatles thing. Eric crushing those NHL Oilers in, the, in that five for five or five on five game was also huge. Um, remember, Mason, we had a lead early on. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I do remember that after that pre and post game that they did not like at all. <laughs> once, hit, once we hit that point with Yari Curry and Glenn Anderson, there was no looking back for them. So great game by you guys, Mason. I'm sorry I didn't know more about you know Arsenal pre 2004. And uh, like you, know nothing about sci-fi movies and the sports contained therein. So, uh, but again, you know, uh, it's a, I had a great time. And, uh, well, good, good. You guys, Glad to hear it. Uh, I can't guarantee I won't ever do sci-fi and fantasy again. You never know. Um, probably won't happen a lot, but it was something that hadn't been done yet. And you guys just unfortunately got the short end of the stick with being stuck with it today. No reason to apologize. You are the quiz master, and we just follow where you take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Josh, it was a good game. You know, outside of the pre and post game, I enjoyed it. So I, I don't know what you're talking about. The other team got three of the five. What, what is your problem? Yeah, exactly. What is my problem? <laughs> that was wild that we all got – it was one for each one. Nobody I, got to, yeah, I don't think we've ever seen that before either, that uh, it went back and forth where one team – Got one every other time. That was that was kind of crazy. Yeah, I think I think the George Kittle one is. I may have gotten to the right answer if I didn't immediately fall into that George Kittle Jeff George thing. So, so the reason that I didn't give more specific on the Iowa tight end is because I knew there would be a secondary possible answer, which was the Jeff George Kittle. Oh, even yeah, though is, it didn't. It doesn't quite work because he didn't have the two hundred touchdowns to begin with, but once. With the with the pre and post, sometimes you get stuck on one. That's what you're it like. Oh, that's got to be it. Yeah, and it wasn't it. That happened with the when I did the Tory Hunter Henry, and the two teams had Ken oh, Griffey Jr. say, "Oh, you know," because once again, <laughs> you find one that works, and you're kind of like, or you think it works this close, and you're like, "That's got to be it." Yeah, and then it's not. So, well, thank you guys for coming on. Corey, Joe, absolutely. You guys will be uh, invited back on. Uh, we love having guests. Hopefully uh, you guys had a good time. Sounds like you, you did. And with that, I would like to say thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch! Stretch! Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes! Yeah. Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP. Your, your pre and post game is holding me back from when. Breaking my record. Yeah, deal with it. Sorry. <laughs>